Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Macalino podcast. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing it with your friends and loved ones. Uh, the ratings have continued to uh, go up and I appreciate that and love you all. Still getting a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, uh, maybe a few a week, but some of the back, uh, backlogged, the old episodes getting listened to, which there are some great ones in there. Um, I like to believe that they've only gotten better, like a fine wine, as I've gone along. Um, thanks to all of you. I do really appreciate you. Um, and uh, I also appreciate, man, I have been busy recording podcasts, not just the Jeff Macalino podcast, but I've been guesting on podcasts and also hosting and guesting on uh, some sports podcasts for FL teams. Uh, check them out if you like football. These these were about football. I do a weekly Lightning and Rays podcast for FL teams, uh, but I did a uh, hosted a couple. Uh, we called it the Coaching Carousel, uh, where we talked about the head coach openings and uh, reviewed those. Some fun uh, discussion with a couple of uh, a Dolphins fans and a uh, Jaguars fan in that. Then also we had the uh, game prop bets for the Super Bowl. At this point, that's probably a little old to look at. Um, but some fun stuff. And those are live broadcasts, which is interesting. I'm, maybe I'll one day, if I can figure out the technology, I'll start looking into that so I can actually interact or get questions live from the audience. Let me know if you'd be interested in that. Uh, also, I was a guest uh, actually just now, uh, and it will probably be out before this episode of mine comes out, uh, of the uh, Ponderall podcast with Luis Garcia, who's in episode six of my podcast. Uh, he asked me to be the guest for uh, the season premiere, season two premiere of the Ponderall podcast. So check that out if you're so inclined. Some uh, tried to keep it light, but some serious discussion on that one, uh, honestly, about some political type stuff and uh, a good, fun interesting conversation uh that we had the two of us uh Luis is a great dude and uh you know someone who uh since he was on my podcast we've remained in touch now and then um just a, a good dude good dad and uh you know check out his podcast casts but uh <laughs> he has, has a tv time machine um Podcasting is fun, folks. Also, I was on a couple episodes of the Friends of Zeus podcast. I was on one kind of talking about comedy and then on another one talking about aliens, which is a lot of fun. I may or may not remember the ending of that podcast, but I remember the beginning of it at least. This was a this was a, a day I did three podcasts and those can uh, I, I've learned that if you do three podcasts by the end of the third, you're going to be a, a little say groggy um so check that out i'd mentioned amigos pc previously that's been out for a couple weeks now uh and i gosh i think there's another i'm forgetting and i feel terrible but uh it's it's uh it's been fun uh to uh to do all this stuff podcasting is fun it's having a conversation where you know anything goes i've got another i've got a real fun uh, guest spot coming up uh, in a few weeks on another podcast as well. Uh, and I've also been recording. I honestly have 
there's going to be a Thursday episode released this week. Um, because I already have enough episodes that I'd be into April. And, uh, you know, we might, uh, depending, I don't have any guests booked currently. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to get back on that and start booking people. So might be doing two episodes a week if y'all are so inclined to listen to it. Uh, you know, I appreciate the support. And, hey, give me feedback. Um, you know, it's it's a fun position. I'll be honest, there was a stretch there where it was difficult for me to just get a guest or even just do a solo podcast to just get one out once a week. And now I'm sitting here with a backlog that uh, makes me feel like I'm on top of the world. Uh, but I also appreciate people asking me to be on their podcast. Uh, and also, uh, season three of the Joe Nolfo show has uh, started. Um, you'll hear more about that in a second. Um, and there's this podcast. I had a delightful guest, Shushil Ganesh. Um, he is uh, originally from India. Uh, he's an artist, comedian, podcaster. Uh, he's a former Microsoft engineer who in 2020 quit his job. Uh, he's on the path of reinventing himself. Um, you know, sound like someone else, you know. I think I, I quit in 2021. Um, very interesting. The thing I took from this, quite honestly, is, you know, I'm a, a you know, white American kid, uh, lived in St. Petersburg, Florida my whole life. He is, a in, you know, from India, um, uh, much different, you know, you think, you know, much different, uh, upbringing as far as, at least as far as stereotypes go and how they feel about jobs and stuff. Uh, so I had some conversation that I don't know that I've really had, at least on my podcast, about just leaving the corporate world, um, trying to 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 find my way in something I'm passionate about. And it was very fun uh, and interesting how much our stories have, I, I feel like they kind of parallel each other a little bit. Um, we had some good talks about, again, leaving the corporate grind, so to speak. Um, you know, mental health. We talked about lucid dreaming, some interesting stuff there, uh, and just what we're uh, what we're trying to do now. So fun conversation with Shushil, uh, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you uh, maybe get something out of it. So uh, I was long on this intro, so I will be short on the outro at the end. But enjoy the episode, Shushil Ganesh and me. Hi, listeners of this fine podcast. My name is Joe Nolfo, and I have a show on YouTube that you should really check out. The Joe Nolfo Show... Link to the channel is in the show notes. ...is a comedy sketch show that takes absurd comedy to a whole new level. It is written and directed by the fine mind of Joe Nolfo, and it stars notable great comedic actors such as myself and the not-quite-yet-a-motley-crew players which includes the host of this very podcast you're listening to, Jeff Macalino. Subscribe to the YouTube channel now so you don't miss out on season three of this comedy journey. Thanks for hitting that subscribe button. I'm Joe Nofo, and believe you me, I'm gone. All right, everyone. I am very pleased to welcome Shushil Ganesh to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Shushil? 
Doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, is my is my video okay, or does it look like I'm in a hostage situation? Um, <laughs> I can read Morse code. I can just read SOS. So I mean, if start blinking very vividly, if if you need to. <laughs> yeah, I can assure you that I'm not being held here against my will. So we're good. Yeah, well, I don't know. Your eyes are saying. <laughs> your eyes are saying this motherfucker kidnapped. <laughs> well, I am uh, glad to have you on the podcast. And you, uh, within the last few months, you've relocated from India to Canada, correct? Yes. So um, in the last uh, year and a half, I've relocated from Seattle to India. Then I relocated within India for a bit and then um, then from India to Canada so it's uh, it's been quite a, kind of a wild ride with respect to moving around during the pandemic all right that's that's probably the weirdest time to be moving cross continents I would imagine <laughs> yeah but you go with the hand you're dealt and you know yeah it's, al- no. it's not always straightforward so yeah yeah, no, and I, I like, um, I told you uh, ahead of the recording, I, I like uh, your story because it kind of relates to mine quite a bit. So I guess that's an easy place to, to kind of jump in. Um, you were, I assume, a successful uh, employee with a big tech company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. I was a very successful-ish employee with a uh, insurance company or multiple insurance companies over the years. Um, and uh, I think we both, uh, I guess, well, I, I don't want to speak for you, but maybe uh, felt there was a deeper calling or a different calling for us other than what we were doing just to, uh, just to pull in a paycheck. Yeah. And to talk about that, I mean, if you see on paper, I was pretty much living the the brown dream, like come from <laughs> India and, you know, come to the U.S., land a job in, um, at the time, it was the richest company in the world and, you know, all of that. And I don't know, for some reason, some people don't have the straightforward go of it. Like in my case, uh, I felt like my career never got started there. I, in four years, I had like eight managers at Microsoft, you know, like trying to build a rapport with someone. And the manager is usually the person who advocates for your career growth, sees like uh, what opportunities would be good for you. And uh, it was kind of like I was never getting started. And and despite uh, doing reasonably well in my job, um, I was never like completely happy. I was like, something is missing. Something is off. And it always seems like that. And and you know, when, when someone tells you, oh, if you go to the US, you get a job in a really good company, you'll be happy. And I was like, okay, here I am. I have all of that. <laughs> what is missing? You know, That's, that kind of situation. And were you born in India? I was. And um, I stayed there for like 25 years of my life. And then I relocated to the US pretty much. Um, after that, I stayed there for six years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fascinating because that is really what, 
you know, the uh, the the gringos, the, <laughs> the white people in America. Uh, that's that's what, you know, you come the people who come from India, they just want to get a job. They want to plug away at the job and make a living. Uh, and uh, I, I I think it's delightful and, and interesting that uh, you're not the, the first person I've heard of who's been like, no, I don't, I don't really care for this. I'm just a, a cog in the machine. I don't feel like I'm, there's no growth here personally. I'm just plugging away at a job. And I do think some people's personalities, that's all they need in life. In, mm -hmm. in fairness, right? Some people are just happy to go work eight, nine hours a day, come home and they're happy as a clam because they got a paycheck and they can live their life. Um, I also think there's a lot of people who get depressed and miserable because they feel like their life's just not going anywhere and they're sitting there and just wasting, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week of their life doing some menial task for a giant corporation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and the funny thing is that even while growing up as a kid right i would see that the grown-ups are like doing this job kind of thing and i felt like why would anyone subject themselves to that and as you said like some people actually enjoy what they do and they are able to kind of find purpose in the grander scheme of things but just the grid grid life of going to work every day i just felt like like being in groundhog day you know the same day yeah. over and over again and it's like the same conversations uh, if you support the Seahawks same disappointments before the playoff season and, <laughs> and you know all of that and and I was like um, yeah for some reason this never seemed like something I want to sign up for and I, I, I am jealous of people who are like a lot of my friends and colleagues who are just able to like go through that and progress through the stages and you know are just able to be um in that place without letting it bother them so much maybe you're right there's a personality type or something but i always felt like very uneasy in that situation what was your uh, in what was your experience in insurance like well i had uh i i worked up quickly and I was spoiled because I went to college and I worked for the Tampa Bay Rays, Major League Baseball team. And, you know, I got to interact with the players, the managers, the, you know, and uh, went to the World Series. What was my junior year, third year of college? Uh, so I was kind of spoiled with life experience. And then I got my college girlfriend pregnant. So I had to take a job that paid more money. Uh, as opposed to a job that you could just work for a lower wage and, and enjoyment. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the biggest problem I had there was I worked my way up quickly. <laughs> so I was, I was uh, managing a, a somewhat uh, high-level team. Uh, gosh, I don't know what it was now, three years ago or so. And... You know, I, I actually, for the first time in my life, had like a panic attack or something at work. Mm -hmm. I had a miserable boss, miserable boss. I, I had a boss I loved, then I switched to the worst human being ever birthed on this planet. Literally worse than anyone you think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put her up against Hitler and... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Genghis Khan, <laughs> Fallon, all these people. Uh, but I uh, eventually I got to the point where it's like I, I literally thought I was having a heart attack and I was going to die at work. I was getting so angry. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm out. I can't do this. I've got children. I can't do this. Um, and I went uh, so I went to work for another company. Uh, easy to get a job because my resume spoke for itself. And it was a great company. I had a tremendous boss. Uh, it was right when COVID happened. So my first day at work was literally going to the office, grabbing equipment and coming home to set it up. Mm. Uh, so, so I didn't really meet my coworkers, although I knew some of them previously. Um, so everything was lined up for this to be the great, greatest job. And I just, it just sunk me every day when it's like, this is what I do. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't, and I know a lot of people who've made long careers and very happy doing it. It's not the worst job in the world. For me, it was the worst job in the world. <laughs> um, but uh, what really got weird on my end is when it's like, all right, well, I'm trying to write. I'm trying to do stand up. I'm trying to get into like, you know, sketch comedy acting. I'm trying to do the podcast. I'm like, I don't have enough time to do all this stuff. So. I have to pick and choose. And then it's like, well, wait, I'm, I'm choosing to spend nine or 10 hours a day on this job. That would open up a lot of time to do my other stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I was fortunate enough that just when I bought my house, when I did this, that, the other, it's like, I could go a good year, maybe two without making a solid income and see what happens. Um, so I, I was very fortunate, you know, and, you know, now granted, I say that I did work my ass off for over a decade, and you know, mm -hmm. was smart in some ways. Um, but it's like, I, I just need to give it, I need to give it a shot to do what I love to do as opposed to what I think I need to do just to, to, to live, just to survive. Um, and, and if you want to go deeper, there's a, uh, my friend Jenny referred me to a book, The Cafe at the Edge of Nowhere or something to that effect, where they, they talk about, you know, most people decide to, their whole goal when they work their nine to five job is to get to retirement. So just work until I can retire so I can do what I like. And it's like, well, why don't you do what you like and just figure out a way to make money doing it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in essence, isn't that a better way to do it? Just do what you like to do, figure out a way to make money, enough money to just get by. You don't need to have all the extravagant toys. If you love what you do, you don't need extravagant vacations and the newest gadgets and all that stuff. You, you just need enough and to pay the bills, right? Exactly. And, and there's like, I don't know, we, as humans, we're designed to kind of work or prepare for an eventuality that might never happen all times and you know like yes and and they sell that to you as haves have tos and and you know i have to have this much i have to have like this much saved for retirement or something and and you're right like you work like 20 30 years and and i'm i'm in my 30s now and i already feel like you know if i kind of shovel snow for a day and my muscles and my body <laughs> is aching and imagine waiting till 60 to do something that i love 
my body would be like even more shitty at that stage so uh, right you're right and that's very much another thing you know i i uh i drink a decent amount i had back surgery at age 25 mm-hmm. uh, i'm third i turned 35 just a little bit ago uh it's like you know at 60 or 65 when i retire first of all i might be dead <laughs> i mean Sorry. who knows and, and second of all i had back surgery at 25 it's amazing i've made it to 35 without having another surgery mm-hmm. so you know it's like i might not at 60 i might barely be able to move i'm not gonna want to go on a european vacation at 60 not that i necessarily i'd like to go to italy <laughs> but you know it's it's one of those things like i'd rather just try to figure out a way to enjoy my life and live my life and then you know if i if i live till 80 and i have to work until the day i die if i'm doing something i enjoy doing why would i care <laughs> right exactly and you're right like um the same kind of situation i'd worked for 8 years almost like in the industry uh three in india five in the us and when you live in the us as an immigrant there's an added dynamic of uh, visas and uh, you know work permits so there's no concept of actually taking a break and figuring it out and staying in the country because mm. your status is tied to the job so you're right like a lot of people love it it's a good job that pays well etc but it's like golden handcuffs because if you are like completely miserable uh, you mentioned a panic attack and i was like going through like a major depression it's funny that there's always some uh, one like you know mental health uh, trigger or like an initiation that kind of shows you or you know like removes that curtain and shows you that oh i'm i'm not really enjoying this and it's about like taking care of yourself and actually figuring it out and totally agree with that like i want to f- take a couple of years maybe two or three years figure out what i like doing what i really want to do in the long run versus spending my entire life living someone else's life and then you know watching it like slip by like be 55 and, and feel like my entire life has gone gone by without me actually giving myself time yeah that's that's absolutely we're we're speaking the exact same thing that's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool that um i mean obviously we're people born in very different places <laughs> and different circumstances and it's still mm-hmm. there's a there's a human element that it, it's i when you were even saying that it was almost like it, it's like if a if a computer got sentient and was just like wait a second i don't i don't like this <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like that's the mental health break where it's like, wait a second. Is this my purpose? This isn't this isn't my purpose. I don't like this at all. I want to do something different. I, I you know, and and again, I obviously if the caveat with that is always if 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 everyone had that same drive inside of them, mm-hmm. there would be likely no janitors, no a lot of important jobs mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't know if i i'm trying to think of other ones i guess i was going to say policemen but i guess a lot of people would be cops on on their own volition just you know maybe with a different <laughs> focus <laughs> less about yep. persecuting certain crimes and more about you know 
going after other crimes maybe but that's another topic <laughs> but uh, no, I, I i do like as you said right like i do feel in a privileged position like you know um i was like engaged to be married but then i i realized that I, i'm not in a position to kind of go all the way on this journey because you know i i thought to myself that i need to figure out what i like doing before starting a family and before having that and and that's different from your situation but i kind of felt like i can't go down that same road where like a lot of people you know have families and and already have to like think about like feeding other mouths before like uh, knowing what they want to do next and i do believe that i'm in a privileged position as you said like having the ability to take a couple of years off because of how much like you know because of saving up and you're right like working your ass off and saving up so that you can do this for yourself but uh, i also think that you know like what is holding this uh, the working class currently we are like uh, we're in the middle of a very serious pandemic and inflation is on the rise and everything and sometimes i wonder why is it what is holding the system together there's like very very thin line which is holding things in in place is what i believe yeah yeah no it's otherwise it's, we, we would definitely be in the hunger games you know or we already well, are i think right it, it's 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 got to be a belief in the system ingrained inside of some people right like it, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know in essence the you know the value of the dollar is its faith it's a piece of paper i mean or a swipe of a credit card but it's the same denomination it's the same dollar value um yeah it's an interesting it's it's a house of cards frankly i mean it's not gonna take much to make the whole thing collapse no it reminds me of the matrix movies where like a lot of people are hooked in and not everyone is ready to be taken out like i think the the implication is that someone has to be ready to kind of be taken out or else they'll they'll not they'll die when they see this new reality where, you know um, right i mean i'll tell you it's not it's a very shaky road from my own experience i still don't know like what i'll be doing financially in the long term where will the money come from all those those questions are difficult when you make this switch but i think having faith that okay i'll figure it out i'll i'll i have these skills if everything goes to shit i can always rely on on the scrappiness and and some skills to find a way is what keeps me going sometimes right no and that's that's 100% the same thing it's it, it, it frankly it's like looking at my bank account it's like well if it gets below this amount i'm going to have to go back and and uh work for the system again at a certain point you you know you got to do what you got to do um but it's different right because the time you go back you still have that awareness as you said right like a robot becoming sentient you are more awake to the concept okay i'm just doing it for the bills as opposed to this is not my life you know when you go back right. you still feel like okay i'm doing this just as a means to an end and i think that's important to know because earlier it becomes like part of your identity saying that okay i am an insurance salesman or i'm a software engineer and i'm going to do this forever and ever and nobody's going to give a shit about what happens in my life pretty much 
we are allowed to curse on this right oh yeah 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 absolutely no yeah you're but and you're right i think that's part of the thing too is it's one thing to be almost like a mercenary like i'm just hired to do a job i'm gonna do it but this isn't what i'm here this is not what what i'm on earth to do this is just <laughs> i'm doing this to ends for a means uh means for an end whatever <laughs> uh i'm bad with those things uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's it, there is a difference between someone who's like, I, I'll build my career, I'll, I'll, I'll move up, you know, to middle management, to, you know, until I hit the wall at the top where only the people whose parents were born rich can, can get into that upper echelon. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there, there is a difference still because you're more of just a mercenary. I'm showing up for a job. I'm, this isn't this isn't my passion you're not going to be able to 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 give me these speeches about why i should join these extra uh after hours work programs and mentorships and now fuck that that's yeah <laughs> this isn't my calling if if somebody calls me to do an acting gig for a fifth of what you're paying me i'm gonna say fuck you guys i'm out i'm going there <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know, I mean, the corporate life is like kind of they give you the carrot of appraisers, better life. They'd say that, oh, when you get to this level, level, then fancier people will shit on you. But it's pretty much the same thing, you know. And and my colleague used to say that they show you a carrot like for many years, you know. You'll make manager, you become senior manager, and inevitably that carrot always turns into a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, it's one of the things that's always uh, every insurance company and I worked for I worked for three, but one of them got bought by two different companies. So potentially five. And I almost went to another couple that that interviewed me um, and they, they all they all have all these metrics and they try to tie. They, they hold this carrot of a bonus over your head all mm. year. Just from from day one to day 365, it's you got to do this. So you get this bonus. And if you don't get this bonus, your job's basically been a waste. This whole year is basically just you should have flushed it down the toilet. You're, you know, if you don't yeah. get this bonus, this job was not worth the life you're living. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's like pretty much like. Same thing. I mean, this, uh, it's first of all, it was what is something very comical happened when you said insurance company, right? Your video went all dark as if you joined the dark side. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <Insurance company. laughs> yeah. And so you're right. Like, um, I don't want to be part of that system as well. You know, like where someone else is going to decide, Oh, you have been worthy, whether you get like gifts or a lump of coal at the end of the year when it's reward right. season. And I've had like two um, reward season where, you know, I, I didn't get any uh, bonuses, as you said. And one of the reasons was because I switched teams and um, it was, it's just that, that very arbitrary, you know, sometimes people just decide how much uh, they want to pay you or something. And they're like personal grudges, nepotism. There's so much um, crap that goes into the system. Right. And I don't, want to be part of that anymore no that's I, I, it's hard I, enough I, and the thing is like and the thing is at, at my company we had a system where every time it's uh 
time for your appraisal or bonuses, right? You have to kind of fill out like some um, paperwork and documentation and present like, what have you done over the past year? Mm-hmm. I mean, you keep track of that. You're the one who's employed me. You see what I've done. Don't make yeah. me kind of live through my entire year, put down and, you know, again, start pimping myself out. They should kind of <laughs> have like someone else who does that for you, you know, because I don't want to fill out forms showing that I've been competent for a year to just be worthy of your approval. Yeah, yeah you know, so that uh, that was the other thing. It's like, well, save any positive email you get about your performance. Save it so you can reference it in 360 days when you have to fill out your year-end performance <laughs> evaluation because then there's evidence that you're good at your job. If you don't have those, then you're you're mm-hmm. a worthless piece of shit, right? <laughs> yeah, and what if you're a good worker and you just hate filling out performance evaluations because it drains your soul what in that Mm -hmm. case i mean does that mean you've not done anything some people just don't want to fill out those forms they're like it's already painful enough then you have to go to your colleague oh can you kind of say good shit about me and i'll say good shit about you in return and and (laughs) and all this 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 bureaucracy this endless drivel of garbage that can be appraisal season needs to end Well, one thing that always cracked me up, and I'm assuming most companies are very much the same, is like they, every company now has that I worked for had a one through five rating, and they they always flipped. Like one was the best in some, five was the best in the other. Three was where you needed to be, where you didn't get a raise or a bonus. Now, again, one might be the best, five might be the best, depending on their scale. But three, if you were on the wrong side of three, you got no raise, no bonus at all. And every company I worked for, I found out if you were, so so say five was the best and one was the worst. If you were a five, well, first of all, they didn't give out fives because no, you can't tell anyone they're perfect. So four was the best you could get. But guess what? If you got a three or a four, it didn't matter. Your raise and bonus were still arbitrarily decided besides behind the scenes. They had nothing to do with your rating. So I was always like, I just I just want to be in the middle. I don't care. Just give me in the middle and give me a nice raise and bonus. And people would get so pissed sometimes. I was a meet to expect. I should have been an exceeds <laughs> expectation. I'm like... <laughs> I was a meets and I got a bigger bonus than this person who was an exceeds. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I exceeded expect. Okay. So you're maybe putting too much stock into this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't give a shit if they tell me if my performance review review said you're a piece of shit, but you get a 10% raise. I'd be like, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> right. It's exactly the same. I mean, I think mine was more like, meets 80% expectations. That means basically mm. you kind of stab someone in the parking lot or you like a really shitty right. employee. Yeah. And then it's like uh, 90% is just below. If you meet expectations, you'll get like a bare minimum bonus and below that you don't get anything. And then you have like 120% and 140 and 160. And as you said, 160 is people who sleep at work pretty much and, <laughs> and you know, don't have any life. And Yeah. And um, you're right. Like it's the same drivel, but it's just like different packaging. And um, and and the messed up part is that some teams 
get more budget, you know, they have more money to throw yeah. around depending on what product you work on or how important you are to the company. So uh, people on those teams, they receive hefty bonuses and there are some less desirable teams which are like, which are important for the company's function, but they're not the rock stars. They don't get like the same budgeting. And, and on those teams, it's more like me versus you. Not everyone gets a bonus and, you know, some people are left in the dark. So it's a messed up system. And um, yeah, it's the nature of things. If you have, you have to be part of that system. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. And talking about it, and I, I, I have not, I've written some stuff with ideas of doing stand-up bits about office politics and stuff like that. And I haven't done any yet, but even talking about it, it's like, man, this is a rich subject. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it really is. Everyone's just working for this monster that is a machine. And just, I, I'll say this, and I don't know if you relate I'm almost jealous to the people who like the sleep at work people like who just think if I just keep doing this over and over, I'll be happy. I'm almost yeah. jealous of those people who are just like, I'm going to plug away, plug away, plug away. E even when I manage people, people who work more than 40 hours a week, I'm like, go home. Like, oh no, I got to do this. I'm like, do you really, does it matter? <laughs> like, come on. You got other things you can go do, right? Anything's better than this. Yeah, and it's uh, there was, I mean, like at my workplace, there was one guy who would uh, come to the office at around like twelve, and then go home at um, I don't know four or five o'clock in the morning, and then sleep for three hours and and be back in the office the next day for the meetings. You know, you'd be like. And he, uh, you're right. I was like jealous of him. Why is this guy so happy with what he does? This team is so bad. I mean, this product is so <laughs> shit. Why would anyone be so happy working here? And I was like, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. It kind of felt like, um, yeah, I mean, this is completely backwards. Are you seeing the same shit that I'm seeing? I mean, do you what? see this from a different perspective? It, it's it's very much like the metaphor you made with the matrix it's like i guess if you, if you don't see it you're happy to buy into the charade but once you see behind the scenes you're like eh, no this isn't gonna work for me <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's tough too um I just just thinking about and, and you know these companies i'm sure microsoft did this companies i work for they'd give you your retirement projection kind of things where it's like well if you just work here for 30 years look at the money you'll have and then you can retire and it's like yeah but you know you realize if i started my own company doing the same thing i'd be a billionaire hmm. but i'm working for you <laughs> i'm working for the man you know, uh, so all of my, this is another thing is whether I am the best employee or the bottom barrel avoiding getting fired, I'll pretty much end up with the same retirement package. You know, like my, my effort and my production doesn't actually affect me. It affects the company. doesn't affect me all that much. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and you're but... right. Like I wish, I wish I could be one of those employees who don't give a shit, completely checked out, and um, you know, okay with being fired. I mean, just there. I wish sometimes I could be like that because when I was uh, going through depression or something, I came forward to them and I said, "I don't think I'm giving my best, and this job is not working." You know, I mean, I just feel like I'm not doing justice to the job, and that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not able to function as I used to, so I'd like to leave the company. And they were nice enough to give me like a some time off to, you know, see if I get better. And then I did take the time off, and I was grateful for that. But then I realized that okay, a little bit of time off is not going to fix the problem. And uh, right. kind of decided that okay, I will figure it out, go back home, and uh, see uh, what I can do next. And yeah, here we are. Now. Uh... Uh, your parents the, is that where you moved back oh so um i didn't i moved back yeah to my parents uh, home and um my dad was kind of he was unwell for a while and and then he passed away in december 2020 and uh, oh sorry yeah it was kind of a rough um few months uh, i stayed with my mom because she had also just lost my dad and you know um yeah and uh, i mean even i had like a, a very serious accident when i was staying in india so i think anything that can go wrong pretty much went wrong at, when i was staying there so um it's it's been a slow kind of coming back to things and figuring out like what to do next and not exactly a linear okay i know you know today is the first day of the rest of my life and those clichés and it's it's not like that you know like how people represent right. that um i'm living the life of my dreams now it's it is a it's a slow moving animal i would say no i'm i i i completely understand that trust me where mm-hmm. uh was your mother um obviously there was uh, you know the 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 sadness uh, you know, with your father uh, passing mm-hmm. away, but was she accepting of your decision to to come back home and and kind of reject the just go plug away at a job? It is. It's difficult. Like sometimes, I mean, like, um, you know, the, as I said, right, the brown dream. Uh, the truth be told, it's the brown parents' dream, like right that they. Right children will go there and and i mean i think my parents were able to reconcile the fact that i am very very depressed and i'm not really enjoying this and they were very supportive through that they said that okay you know good it's okay come back home uh, you can try out what what do you want to do next but sometimes we still have this conversation with my mom is like uh, why don't you do a job you know just for the money blah 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 uh, why like it's kind of like why are you wasting that skill or um you've spent like 6 years studying this particular skill software engineering which is in demand and why are you just wasting it and it's hard to kind of explain to someone else that it's not something that i enjoy doing and you know i just can't um do it uh, continuously and you know like watch my the watch the rest of my life just slip away so it's a difficult conversation and uh-huh. i keep telling her that you know um 
I wouldn't be kind of like I I joke about this say that if if I'm completely broke I'll just go and settle down in a monastery and and you know <laughs> meditate every day. <laughs> But yeah, she's not okay with that either. So yeah. Yeah, that's and that I mean that is uh I mean that's that's almost the stereotype that I hear as far like you said the the brown person's parents dreams as far as they they want and that it's it's interesting uh and I to to be fair I think even in America probably not my parents but their parents who were children of Italian immigrants both of them mm-hmm. uh I think they had the same thing. Work was just what you did to live in this country. You had to work just to live. And it's I think technology especially has kind of changed the landscape where you don't need to just do a menial task to survive. Now you can actually thrive and live to, you know, explore um but it but it is interesting. I think that's still and and look my parents very supportive uh on my end as well uh and it, you know it, it's one of those things where it's like frankly i i said to them and to several other people if i keep doing this job i'll be on the end of a noose get my own get my own doing Sorry, I... I didn't mean to uh, laugh it's just that I I I oh, laughed no, no, because no, I, I had the same thing to say pretty much like would you rather have like a software engineer who's dead <laughs> right 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 yeah I I can keep doing this for between 2 to 7 years and I'll, I'll end up killing myself or I can mm. try to do something that I don't hate <laughs> I don't yeah. wake up every, and, and here's the funny thing I don't know if you've experienced this I used to This is one of those little things. I used to set my alarm to wake up in the morning and I used to hit snooze like seven times. Like I would mm-hmm. like have to set my alarm at least an hour before I actually had to get up because now I'm usually up before my alarm goes off. And again, and not every day do I have to set an alarm in fairness, mm-hmm. but the days I do, I'm usually up ahead of time and if my alarm goes off i'll hit snooze and i'll get up and turn it off uh there and and i didn't really think about it until someone's like some someone said something about oh you're setting your alarm that close to when you have to get up i'm like yeah no i get up now they're like you notice that's probably a mental difference you don't dread the day so you don't try to stay in bed as long as possible you're mm-hmm. just like all right i'm up let's go <laughs> Yeah. I mean little um, little things. <laughs> I know and uh it is kind of like uh, a good measure I'd say that you, you don't like keep hitting snooze because um I don't know I saw another cliche tweet recently saying that hitting snooze is the worst way to start a day. And then I thought to myself but what about like a double murder suicide? That's probably worse than hitting <laughs> snooze right. <laughs> I I would say taking a shot of Jaeger or tequila would be way worse than hitting the snooze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it might might lead to a more fun day depending on who you are. But. Hmm. <laughs> so, so what? Um, uh, and it's I, I love the fact we've kind of both had similar uh, experiences. Uh, now that you're now that you're in uh, Toronto, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. What? Uh, what do you is there a focus what are you uh working on is there a specific thing or is it a broad range of things and you're just trying to see what what works right now it's a, a broad range of things i mean um uh, my focus right now is um you know i do want to establish like a successful um you know art business and and start selling my art uh, more uh, regularly and it's, uh, I do enjoy stand-up comedy, but, you know, I've not been doing it uh, very often because I'm not staying close to the city or, you know, any of the comedy clubs. And uh, after Omicron, pretty much all of them went back to, to like, uh, they're not right. like as, yeah, regularly open as they used to be. So, so in the last couple of years, I've been painting a lot pretty much, and uh, it's been very helpful. So I'm figuring out like a bunch of things to do, like, Right now, um, I'm working on a, a course, which is uh, I was using art as um, a way of self-exploration. And we spoke about this before the call, like consciousness exploration or something. It's just that um, having the ability to paint or you know just come to the canvas and try something or even scribble on a piece of paper, I feel having that, that sort of mindset with um, mental health and well-being has been extremely beneficial for me. So I've been working on a Skillshare course to share that technique, like uh, whatever I'll be, I do on a canvas and how it helps me like with my emotional well-being and all of that. So I'm planning to do that. And uh, I'm doing a few gigs, as you said, right? Like just means to an end um, so that I can like start finding a way to have some cash flow going. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, and uh, and this Friday, I, I'm doing an. I, I found probably the worst way to get back to stand up or you know comedy in general. Uh, I'm hosting a Twitter space called uh, Jokes and Stories, and and my friend said he's a he's a storyteller and you know enjoys telling to- stories, and I enjoy telling jokes. So we are hosting a Twitter spaces, and and I say it's the worst way to get back into comedy because you don't have an audience or you know. <laughs> nobody you'll not get like real-time <laughs> feedback if anyone's laughing at the jokes it could be like i say a joke and then you know just stare into space with expectation and yeah no just coming. Ju- just pause in case they're laughing at home <laughs> exactly you know pause for emojis or reactions yeah yeah no i, I as you said I, it's 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 a as i said it's like not a straightforward process you have to like try multiple things and really right. Uh, with uh, with the, with my past life, it's more about like, what is the next goal or what's the next destination. Here, it's more about like, what's the journey like? Actually, trying to find out what I enjoy and yeah. So so let me ask you just a, a couple things that uh, we had briefly touched on, but I don't know anything about, and this mm-hmm. is by by design, so I might sound like an idiot, but uh, consciousness. <laughs> It's the whole crux of this podcast. I I can be the butt of the joke. It's okay. (laughs) 
but uh, consciousness exploration and uh, lucid dreaming. Both of those things uh, are, they sound fascinating. I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know the words, obviously I, I can, I can say them, <laughs> but uh, what, what it means and uh, especially, so lucid dreaming something, I don't know dream i i'm fascinated with dreaming i'm a very uh vivid dreamer so i'm fascinated i don't know if that has any relation to Mm -hmm. lucid dreaming so i don't know if you could teach me something about that (laughs) oh yeah for sure so um consciousness exploration i think it's a very very vast subject i mean to be honest even i might sound like an idiot when i'm talking about it and it's just that um, as as both of us have been initiated on this journey, you threw a panic attack at work, me through like very crippling depression and <laughs> I thought you froze, but oh there you go. you did for you froze for a second. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh my it says my connection is unstable as you as I'll repeat this part um. Uh, do you edit or just yeah i'll fix it <laughs> okay uh so like as i said like both of us were initiated into this this you know asking questions more about the nature of things why is reality as it is and you know not being sure that why do we feel so uncomfortable so i think at the essence consciousness exploration is a lot like self exploration like knowing uh, what your inner self is like and being conscious in things that you do. Because I think a lot of our life goes away in autopilot. As you said, wake up for work, go to work, drive, make coffee. And, and you don't even stop to think that, am I doing this automatically or am I completely present when I do all of this? So I think a lot of mindfulness and being present comes into doing that. And there's always been a general curiosity, you know, as in the nature of the universe. It's, is there like a, a, is there a part of reality that we don't understand? You know, like when we meditate or when we kind of, when we dream, where is all of that coming from? Are we, we kind of just accept, I mean, we are told to accept that the dreams are not real. They're just like figments of our imagination. Whereas our present reality is, is actually what reality is and we just accept that because it's very arbitrary so i think a part of consciousness exploration is like actually asking answers to questions that you find that you tend to take for granted and you know find out more about that Uh, for me it was more like i want to understand myself better because um, i have a very addictive personality I, i i have been sober for over a year but I used to be a very serious pothead when I was in Seattle and pretty much waking and baking and, and, you know, being in that um, mindset. And it's like, I want to do more exploration, find out what is the root cause of this, this problem, what lies, you know, beneath such that I feel so worthless or, you know, this propensity to use a substance. So mm-hmm. um, all of that kind of goes into that fold. Um, now, lucid dreaming is 
one of the ways to i mean like a lot of people kind of could do consciousness exploration through taking mushrooms or like psychedelics or um you know some plant based or um, some intervention like that but um a very easy way is as you said studying your dreams like find out like what are your dream patterns what kind of fears come up what um signs do you see in your dreams and all of that and they can actually reveal a lot about your state of mind and and what are your like your demons and whatever that you have to work on so that you can kind of not have this 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 feeling of lack or you know whatever is kind of plaguing you constantly so lucid dreaming is uh, very simply put is basically when you're aware that you're dreaming so if you if you're dreaming and um usually what happens when you're dreaming you just think that it's reality like this is really happening like okay. uh, a couple of days ago i won a golden globe <laughs> in my dream <laughs> and you know it just seemed right and then um then i saw all the other winners and i felt like oh this this doesn't seem right you know why because all the other uh, all the other winners were like uh brown as well and i was like oh this is some pc bullshit happening where they just standing out aware awards out <laughs> of there's no white people it's clearly isn't real <laughs> i know there's something wrong with the awards everyone is brown <laughs> so so i realized it's a dream so what happens in um um a lucid dream is that i don't know if you've seen the movie inception yeah they yeah so in that movie they know that they're dreaming and they're like trying to infiltrate someone else's dream so i mean there are some technologies exist but ideally what you can do is uh, once you realize that you're dreaming first of all you can do a lot of cool shit like you can fly around you can um, do all the you know you can find any celebrity you want hook up with them do all of those kind of things and all of that exists but on a deeper level you can actually uh connect with your subconscious and you know understand why your thought patterns are in a certain way why do i feel depressed why am i inclined towards addiction and learn more about yourself through a dream and that is the primary reason why I, why i want to explore lucid dreaming yeah so anytime you're dreaming right like uh what can happen is you might find something really out of the ordinary like a man is kind of riding a unicycle um on the freeway or you know some random stuff will happen and then you become aware that you're dreaming and then after that you can do a lot of self exploration and a lot of work on yourself within the dream state yeah i mean i i live in forest so a man riding a unicycle on the freeway <laughs> could have <laughs> sometimes it's tough to differentiate <laughs> i know i know there is an entire meme dedicated to florida guy and then you, the, the google search is like outrageous and oh man <laughs> yeah no, i want to visit the state i i it's one of my regrets that i never got to go to florida and see if it's a real place you know and it's not just made up <laughs> oh it's real and it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, no it's uh 
you know, it, it, it's interesting because it's so fun for me, especially with the podcasting, uh, talking to people from different parts of the world and you, uh, uh, well, I, the podcast didn't start until COVID was a thing. So there's that, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's interesting that it's, I, I guess when I started the podcast, Florida was pretty much already back to normal. And, uh, I've learned most people aren't, um, you know, well, like, you said aren't, I, I thought you said that not, most people yeah. orange <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> as in Florida, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we've got the oranges down here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a weird, I, I, you know, like I, I was talking to someone from Australia a, a couple of few weeks ago. And she's like, well, you need to show your vax papers to get into bars and clubs. I'm like, no. She's like, what? I'm like, no, we don't even wear masks down here. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, we, we, we do our own thing. <laughs> like it's, and, and, you know, that's, that's a whole other topic. But yeah, Florida is its own little weird it, it it doesn't seem weird though for people in florida it seems like well yeah of course this is what this is normal it's weird that people think we're weird but when you talk to a lot of people who are not from florida it's like it might be weird i feel like we're a little weird yeah. <laughs> no i mean everyone is someone else's weird in a way you know or there is always someone who'll find you weird in a way florida right. is like Florida is like the I don't give a shit about its state, which is commendable in a way. Yeah, it, well, you know, it's uh, and and to be fair, I've hated living in Florida prior to COVID <laughs> for a lot of restrictions. It's still one of the more law enforcement's pretty lax, but like marijuana is legal in only for medicinal purposes in florida Mm. you'd think that like the wild wild west we'd be you know shooting up heroin on the streets legally but (laughs) no we're we're still pretty strict on legally getting marijuana so it's it's a weird dichotomy kind of you know it's Mm -hmm. it's i you know every place has its own little interesting things but florida is also such a gigantic state that you know south florida middle florida and north florida are so different from each other they're they're like three different countries packed into one state which i think contributes to the you know florida insanity and what part of florida are you uh, from i'm in saint petersburg which is Mm. uh right by tampa um so the uh the uh trying to think we got beaches here where the the third tampa is the third and st petersburg is the fourth largest city in the state so we're a pretty big hub um we got nightlife probably other than miami we've got the best nightlife we've got beaches we've got ports we've got kind of everything that you want in florida there's trailer parks meth <laughs> you know, 
we go up and down. <laughs> it's like the buffet of human experience in Florida, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like we, everything on offer. Yeah, well, Central Florida gets like the mixture of like the, you know, the. And you have like it's it's it's. I mean, it is like. You're right. I mean, like as you said, right? There's a lot of crazy shit that can happen, which would seem like you're in a dream. Like it could be an alligator mm-hmm. walking on the street, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's pretty hard. Maybe you have to try something different in Florida. But if you're not from Florida, then you can try uh, certain techniques. So, uh, what happens in a dream is like, I mean, if you count your fingers or something like that, they'll always be off. You might have like mm. six fingers or four fingers on each hand. Uh, reading in a dream is very different. If you read something, then you look away and then you read it again. The text would have changed. And um, a lot of things are like off a little bit, you know, like uh, you might go up a road and then you might feel like, oh, this road is like kind of shifting or some some things are like somewhat like really off on dreams. And that can help you become like very aware. And uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. First time you have like a lucid dream. Uh, I think you should, I will share some resources with you. Um, it's a very exciting thing. It's like, it's kind of like you've come into some wonderland or something because you're, you're aware that you're dreaming and everything is so different. That's interesting. So, so it kind of, allows you to explore your subconscious Mm -hmm. consciously if that makes sense that is kind of a very good way of putting it and uh you know it's and the the possibilities are limitless and if you're like a stand-up comedian and uh, you become like a decent lucid dreamer you can actually do your set in your dream and uh, you know like see how it goes or whatever you can paint in your dreams. A lot of, of my paintings, have some of them have come during my dream state and I just kind of painted them in real life. Uh, some people have been known to quit smoking in their dreams. And um, as I said, the possibilities are like really endless. So it really is like, I mean, like in I know, I say, I say, inception. Yeah, I said three things and I said the possibilities are endless, but... <laughs> Yeah. It is kind of, um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I I started this just as um, just as an experiment to see if it's real because I'm also like somewhat skeptical at times when I uh, venture to do something new. So I kind of checked out some um, YouTube videos to see um, if I can kind of get into a lucid dream. And the first time I was like very shocked and. The first few times what will happen is you get really excited. I'm dreaming and then you would wake up in the excitement and um, right. that happens. But over time, you can really start using it to do more of this. Like if you had like fantasies like space travel and, and you know, so many other things that you can do in, in these dreams. Well, the, the, the best and worst dream I've ever had was that I was... And this, this speaks to how vivid my dreams were, are. I used to have to drive over the bridge from St. Petersburg mm-hmm. to Tampa to get to work and back, and traffic was always a pain in the ass. And I dreamt I was driving home from work, like a normal day, 
traffic sucked. And all of a sudden, brake lights, the bridge collapsed. So all I all I saw was just I was dying. Like I saw cars flying over my head. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. Things go white. And then I wake up and I'm on a table. And there's aliens. They're, they're human-ish, but they're aliens standing over me. And I'm just like, all right, I guess this is the afterlife. <laughs> Fully thought, and they're like, no, you, you survived. You, you're, you know, this whole story. But I got basically picked up by aliens from that bridge collapse. And uh, oh. I lived six months in outer space. And then I, I woke up in my bed. And the worst thing is my dream ended when I was back on Earth. So it was like, huh. all right, uh, what month is it? <laughs> Damn, uh, that could, those kind of dreams can really mess you up because it's uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's reality is so strange, right? Why do we dream? There are like even like so many mammals who dream. You know, it's like so many animals dream. Like we don't know the functionality, and a lot of times what happens is we just kind of, oh, this is just some garbage that happens to me every night so you just ignore it but you could have a lot of information like i think some people um there was like some study about like how lucid dreaming can help vets deal with vets as in vet veterans deal with ptsd and uh you know like reduce nightmares and and i think having control of your dreams or like having uh some degree of um knowledge that you're dreaming can be helpful in, in overcoming nightmares and you know finding peace through them so that's also one of uh one of the good applications but that's um yeah that dream is very fascinating the alien dream how old were you when that happened uh that was three years ago i want to say oh. wasn't that wasn't time... that long ago Ah, about the time oh. when you were kind of deciding what you want to do in life and you know like yeah there about uh, yeah it was it was arguably the catalyst that made me start to to think um you know maybe you know maybe that was it by itself i don't know um because it it actually spurned a whole it was a it was a weird coincidence that my brother and my soon to be brother in law the day after that apparently met for brunch and started talking about starting this comic book thing hmm. and the next day I saw them and I told them about this dream and all of a sudden I became the main character of the comics because this huh. dream was just perfect everything fit in it was like huh interesting and uh nothing came of it to this point at least <laughs> but um no there, there was a i i think it it did lead nonetheless it led to introspection because one of the things that was interesting about it so the whole the whole rub of the dream was uh the aliens told me that they got me because i was immortal i would not die Everyone else died in this bridge collapse. They pulled me out because I was alive and I was one of the few immortals in the universe. 
and huh. I woke up with this feeling of dread that just like awful and, and everyone's like oh did you feel bad because all your loved ones would die before, and you wouldn't and I'm like no I, I woke up <laughs> feeling like that because I'm like I'm not the human who should be immortal there's better people than me <laughs> And they're like, well, I think that says something about you. I think that's there's something there. I'm like, yeah, it's probably yeah. why they made you immortal because you're not seeking immortality. Right. I don't want to. I'm not the great. I'm not the human that should be immortal. I just want to be a normal guy. I mean, and that, it, maybe it's a bad thing. It's like, no, it wasn't about knowing that everyone I know and love will die and I'll not die. It was that I didn't feel like I was worthy of it. <laughs> no, but. I mean, like right now at this point, immortality seems like a curse, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like 30 years old and I'm like, I don't know how I've run out of material for my life. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, like, it's kind of like, wait, how am I going to get to 60? Forget immortality, you know, not in 60, like getting to 40. And then, you know, what comes next when you don't have enough stuff to fill, um, <laughs> you know, the next year, you're just out of material, you're on stage and just holding the mic and like is this thing even on yeah uh i'm i think i'm done guys can can you flash the lights i want to get off stage some dignity and self-respect no it's uh um i don't know it's a a, a, this has been an interesting uh conversation because i i think we're both uh We've both been through and similar but different, you know, from where we come from and and what we've gone through, but very similar outcome. Mm. Uh, And it's it's fascinating to me. And I think we're both trying to paint the picture figuratively and literally uh, of of what we of what we uh, hope uh, we can make our future um yeah it's it's been so much fun like i mean um it's as you said it's part of the human experience and you know some two people who have been who were born and raised in completely different parts of the world can have like similar go down a similar path have like similar awakenings and that is quite fascinating and it's been so much fun being on on your podcast. I look forward to seeing what it turns out like. Yeah, absolutely, Shashil. I uh, I thank you so much for joining me. And uh, for my listeners, where should they go to uh, to find you uh, on on the internets or wherever? <laughs> yeah. So I um, my my Instagram personal account is uh, Dad Jokes Guy, uh, and that's the same on Twitter. And I usually post uh, my paintings and my art on the art conduit on uh, on, to, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. So still kind of trying to uh, pick that up and, you know, get um, grow that account and like see how it goes. But I'm more active there these days, painting more, pa- uh, posting more paintings than dad jokes these days. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I will link everything in the show notes, as you all mm-hmm. know. And uh, Shushil, I thank you again for joining me. This has been a, uh, ho- uh, you know, not just for us, which I, I think we, 
I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. But I, I have a feeling there are people listening who are probably like, damn, I, I, these guys are on to something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had a lot of fun. And um, I kind of hope to collaborate or do work on some fun, fun projects with you down the road and you know, do something. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. All right, that was it. That was the episode. Thank you, Shushil. I had such a fun time talking with him, and uh, I, I I took a lot from that. So hopefully you did as well. Um, but I had a great time talking with him. Um, another guy I've I've been in touch with. We did this interview I think more than a month ago, and uh, I've been in touch with him a few times since then. Even uh, so, you know, just a, a good good dude. And, uh, I will definitely stay in touch with him, uh, while he goes on his journey. So, uh, you know, follow him on, uh, on the, the places or the things, check out his website, all that stuff in the show notes below. I do apologize. I, I'm assuming my voice <clears throat> sounds a little groggy. I, I played a, uh, 1970s professional wrestler, in a comedy sketch show I filmed today. So I, uh, I'm a, a, maybe a little bit hoarse, um, but I can power through. I'm, I'm a pro wrestler after all. Um, no, that's uh, days like today are interesting because I will say, uh, for someone who I, I, I'm curious what, people think a day in the life is sometimes when when you tell them you left the the world but today i i literally i woke up at 6 30 had to drive the kids to school uh which is a 7 45 to 9 30 about sojourn around uh around the county uh then i immediately i had to shower drive out uh, about a half hour away to film a comedy sketch show. Uh, after that, I had to drive, pick up my son, drive back home. I had 40 minutes in which I spent responding to emails and uh, some other stuff and had to take James to football practice uh, for his probably last football practice uh, for this season um, because I'm the offensive play caller. And then had to rush and pick up Bella at school, rushed home, cooked dinner for the kids and myself, took a shower and hopped on the podcast uh, that I mentioned before with Luis. And now I'm sitting here recording this stuff and it is uh, 930 at night. And um, after this, I've got another hour to two hours of stuff I'm planning on doing. So kind of a full busy day, maybe more than I would have liked as far as, you know, the amount of time spending driving a car, considering I just spent $50 to fill up my tank, which is probably a low amount to some of you who are listening. But for me, that's a lot. Uh, anyways, please do me a favor. Helps me out. You know, follow me on Twitter, on uh Facebook, Instagram, if you'd like, uh, go on IMDb and rate the podcast 10 stars on Apple. You can rate the podcast five stars 
If you don't know how to do those things, go on YouTube, and I made a video showing you how to do those things on your phone. I know, pretty convenient, isn't it? Uh, also on Spotify, it's harder to find, but you can rate the podcast five stars. I would appreciate that. That helps more people find me. And let's face it, if you're listening this long, you either are being held hostage or, you know, you like me enough that maybe you should share me with other people. <laughs> A speech that works well for podcast listeners, not for romantic partners. Anyways. Uh, love you all. See you again. I've got another episode dropping on Thursday this week. Check that one out as well. And uh, see you next time.